Welcome to Discuss Detroit, where we have conversations with small business owners, community leaders, and Detroit residents about the city that we love. To watch video of these conversations, visit thecityinstitute.com slash discuss Detroit or follow City Institute on YouTube. Now for today's show. Birds keep the grass cut. Maybe people will stop dumping on it. But uh, being out there um, and not being out outside that much, you know, in the, before that, uh, got to talk to some of our seniors in the neighborhood and they were telling us how they were struggling with paying for medication over food, you know, with their buckets. And um, I figured I'd make it bigger. And then a lady down the street had two foster boys and a son. She asked me, could I give them some structure? And they came down to start helping in the garden and they must have liked it because they kept coming back and they kept bringing other kids with them. And I didn't want it to just be something that I did in the summertime. I wanted it to be like all year long. Um, and kitty corner from the garden was a, a storefront in a house that was abandoned. And I literally said a prayer in the garden that I needed that space. And two weeks later, a lawyer came walking through the neighborhood with a flyer saying that it was in probate. And we told, we, got the hearing information, told the judge what we were we going to do with it, and she gave it to us. And that kind of kicked it off. So uh, now we do um, a school supply giveaway every year, um, Easter egg hunt, we do Christmas dinners, we do Thanksgiving turkey giveaways, uh, cookies and crabs for Christmas and, and Valentine's Day. Um, we do coat giveaways. Sports food giveaway, <laughs> fresh food and fresh fruit. Um, but we also have our community room in the in this uh, the storefront and a kitchen, and we all in the house we have a computer lab and a library. And so we also do uh, well. Before COVID, we were doing an after school program and a summer program uh, with youth. And um, but it's been kind of weird this year, but um, we still plan on doing it again soon. Uh, but we help out wherever we can, you know. When, you know, people come knock on the door or call us and say they need help with something because um, we get donations of clothes. Sometimes we have access to resources for furniture. Um, not all the time, <laughs> but um, a lot of times we have to turn certain things away because we don't have the space. But um, but we get in where we fit in. And that's technically how we started. It's amazing. Well, and, and how you just continue to grow is about the need of the community. They need this. Well, let's try that. And if someone needs this, we'll get into that. So how big is the collective now or what's the footprint look like? Maybe we can, uh, here, we'll go to, I'm going to screen share here and go to the map to show people where we're at, uh, where Georgia Street Community Collective is. So you mentioned the east side. Uh, so we are just off of Gratiot here uh, mm -hmm. on the east side. We'll zoom in. And so it's called Georgia Street Community Collective because it's on Georgia Street, for those that uh, are uh, wondering. <laughs> or then, you know, it's funny, like sometimes people don't think, like Heidelberg Project, people are like, why is it called the Heidelberg Project? Because it's on Heidelberg Street, right? I mean, it's, um, it's a simple naming tool. Um, and so, and Vinton Avenue. So you have Gratiot over here is obviously the main street, but uh, Georgia and Vinton are your corners. So uh, what uh, how many lots now? And like you started with, just the one lot next to your mom's house or when where you were living? Well, actually probably about four lots down, but we started okay. on a corner uh, okay. with four lots. And now we have 
15 lots plus um, three structures, two houses and a storefront. Okay, so here, here's a Google Street View. This is what's one of the cool tools about using technology and what we use a lot on our virtual tours. And we'll actually be coming back here on the virtual tour uh, tomorrow. So this is Georgia Street in Vinton. So, uh, and here you can see the sign, uh, the Georgia Street Community Garden sign. So it's over here. And then, so tell us about what, like what were, see, there's Mark cleaning up, uh, like he's probably spent a lot of time doing. Um, this building, is this the building uh, that you were talking about that you got first? Yep. That's, yes, that's the building. That's the first, that was our first building. Uh, the house and the house behind it uh, okay. is connected to it. And so these so were I, empty? Yep, then? abandoned. Mm -hmm. uh, people thought I was crazy because they thought that that was going to be the next structure to be torn down in our neighborhood. Um, but I, I saw something different. <laughs> And let's look at some of the pictures, you know, and some of these, um, we'll go to the garden in a sec, but you were mentioning inside. And I think this is um, one of the coolest things. I mean, there's over 1400 farms and gardens in the city. I mean, 1500, I mean, the number seems to keep going up depending on who you're talking to and everything. <clears throat> but, um, but yours is, you know, and it used to just be, not just be, it was, and we were talking about this earlier, you know, Georgia Street Community Garden, but now it's a collective because it's so much more than a garden. So you were talking about after school programs. Um, so, you know, these are just some of the pictures from inside that structure we were just looking at. Mm -hmm. Talk about yeah. the, um, you know, how you went from gardening you know doing the outside the fruits vegetables and helping and you know having people help with that to let's you know do an inside inside programming yeah well the computer lab and the library came about with our collaboration with the school down the street and then having our after school program um and wanting to you know want the kids to have something to do all year long not just in the winter i mean in the summertime so they'll be able to come after school you know during the school year then have a place to study read books uh take books home if they want to and also use the computers but then it also turned to where you know adults were coming in to you know if they needed assistance they would fill out be able to get on the computer to, to you know do the work paperwork and whatever for the for assistance and paying their bills some of them finding jobs uh, but they all come here. Some of them just use the fax machine and the copy machine. So, um, but they, you know, people come and you utilize the space. Uh, and then the storefront, which I'm not sure if this picture's on there, but the inside of the storefront, um, we turned it into a community room and uh, we can host about 50 people. If we had sit down dinner, it's about 50 people at a time. And then we have a, a, a kitchen. Uh, well, and, the, and, a, and kitchen so people can, um, can people, is it like a commercial kitchen then? Or it's, it's not technically a commercial kitchen yeah. yet. That's, yeah. that's one of my goals, that's but uh, uh, that's, that's one thing we want to create as a commercial kitchen space where people can come in and, you know, we, we know that there are some caterers in the neighborhood that don't have a kitchen and they actually use their houses, but they can, they can grow more if they're able to have a commercial kitchen space. So that's Absolutely. something we want to provide for them. Well, and so you mentioned, so at the beginning, so uh, this is your mom and this, this is team uh, GSCC right here. Pretty yes, much, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Day-to-day -day operations is myself and my mother. Tell us a little bit about your mom. Well, she was born here in Detroit. Uh, her father used to grow gardens 
on the west side, actually North Corktown. And um, uh, so she's been, she moved with my father and my grandmother on Georgia Street in 1969, 1970, and uh, been, been here just about ever since. Awesome. I love, and this, uh, this is the mural or saying that you had, you know, plant a seed and watch it grow. I mean, if that's not an example of what you guys did. I mean, 2008, and I remember, you know, you and I met early on, you know, I started um, Detroit Experience Factory in 2006, and but didn't quit my day job until 2008. So then was, you know, starting to try to do that full time. And, and I don't remember really how we met. I don't know if you do, but I just remember, you know, we were just being part, it's just a community. You know, you meet people mm -hmm. in the neighborhood, in the community, people doing stuff. Um, I believe and, it was either Detroit Synergy or oh, Detroit Yes. Yeah, those, oh, yeah, those, those bring back some matter. Detroit Synergy is, uh, was, an amazing organization really uh grassroots and one of their big uh claims to fame at that time was they actually con contacted people via email <laughs> Whoa, it was like a, it was like they had this amazing email list but people would come together uh and and they had a lot of great structure to help um projects get done and, and help people collaborate and uh and just connect with each other it was a really great uh, organization that was really needed at that time and uh, so yeah there's a lot of connections that I think have come out of Detroit Synergy yeah um, and then so tell us a little bit about the farm now too or the farm garden you still call it a garden I feel like it's so it's bigger so for me like saying garden seems you know yeah. not not enough of a word but it's something you know your whatever you, your your choice of word is the is the one we'll go with obviously well we got we have like four different spaces so yeah. um the so we we actually have a farm with animals or livestock um and that's where i'm sitting now uh but then we still have the community garden well well I, it was one point where i wanted to stop doing the community garden because people weren't picking right but um we always we'll all probably always have some semblance of a community garden um but yep so there's this cotton and pepper um that's our two of our goats so, i mean yeah. farm i mean this is i mean the animal having animals and again lots of gardens around the city and they're all great in lots of ways but this is next level stuff right here um having like not only the after school programs but um the the goats yeah what, and, what are they and, what do you do with that and i am not I, do, I am not, I do not know animals very well, or I'm not a green thumb um, person. I'm, a, I'm more buildings and such. So uh, you got to teach me, teach me everything here. What, what are, what are the uses? How did you get them? And how, do, what do they add to the project? Well, we got the goats. Actually, Pepper was born here. So Pepper is the son of Cotton who's standing next to him. So the white goat is Cotton. Uh, Cotton's been here since she was six months old and she's seven now. Um, so, um, and then we, um, we, we got Cotton in a group of goats from Ohio, um, whew, seven years ago. <laughs> so, um, but, um, and then, you know, I, I wanted, it was like something to keep the kids interested. So when, when, my, when we started, I took some classes with the garden research program with Keep Growing Detroit and, um, you know, we talked about composting, which, comp you know, everybody knows or when you try to grow organically, you need, you know, organic um, materials. And so composting was one of the ways to, to get that. So 
uh, they were talking about how chicken manure is a good source of nitrogen for the compost pile. And I wanted some chickens. I said, I'm gonna get a few chickens. And those few chickens turned to 10 and then, you know, it kept growing. But when I got the baby chicks in the mail, by the way, um, one of the little Man. girls that in is that the mail. What? No, <laughs> United States Postal Service. See, the, the, the Postal Service does everything. And not just yes. another reason we need to be supporting the Postal Service. Yes. Wow, in the, in the regular USPS mail. They like, came and knocked on the door. And um, now, though, it, it's changed a little bit. Now you have to go when you order. If you order online, you go to the uh, post office to pick them up. But at that time, they were... They were delivering them to the door in the box, chirping like here. <laughs> wow. And um, but I, I wanted more chickens because of actually this one little girl. Uh, she used to cuss like a sailor, and I used to tell her all the time, like, you know, young ladies don't cuss like that. And she'd say, "I'm not a lady," you know. And she was only about seven or eight years old. And um, but I got the baby chicks. I'm sitting on the porch with them and her and her little crew come walking down the street and she came up on the porch and saw the baby chicks and she melted. Like, I mean, it was like she got a brand new baby doll. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the way that I'm going to be able to get to the kids, you know, and everybody, all those kids that came on that porch that day picked out a chick and that's the one, that's the chicken that they wanted to take care of. Um, and that's how I got started. And somebody, Found out I had chickens, asked me that I want a duck. It was a male duck. I got him a female, and then they kept, you know, reproducing. Then somebody said, you should get a goat. And then uh, um, a friend of mine, uh, matter of fact, Steve Gannon, he, um, he says, I got a friend that's getting away, giving away a goat. <laughs> Do you want it? I was like, yeah, heck yeah. And uh, it was a boy, so I got him a girl, and that started, you know, and then you know learning about the goats like you don't want them to keep reproducing with the same you know uh, family so i started get i bring a couple other girls in you know and just keep rotating them out and then somebody one of the kids said you need a pig now <laughs> and uh so listen you got a pig <laughs> yes we have five <laughs> and they're they're not the little pretty little pink pigs you know for meat or whatever but um they were just an addition and but but all of this you know is we use the manures when we clean up to put it into the compost pile and you know and we do it the right way there's a system for compost and manure but um uh, we have very good rich um plants <laughs> well and then what about like goat like goat milk like do you milk oh yeah goats? i don't know I mean how did i forget that so <laughs> that's I'm just guessing. I, mean, I don't know a lot about animals, but <laughs> I do know I have I have heard about goat milk. Yeah, well that's my favorite part about keeping the goats. And then the chickens is the eggs. But uh the the goats, yes, they provide milk for technically me. <laughs> have you I, I, to make I love cheese. cheese. Yes, goat I cheese? make goat cheese, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I hate like this time of the year. She, they're dry, so they don't they don't produce all year long. They mm. dry up, but um, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I every once in a while I'll sell some cheese or I'll you know give away some cheese, but most of the time it's <laughs> it's for me. <laughs> hey, you deserve it. You deserve. You can make a whole charcuterie 
uh, platter from from just from your from your farm there. I mean, everything yeah. you can have some goat cheese. You can probably get some like you know berries and make some compote. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then, uh, you know, that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, been on my brain a little bit. I do like I do like some good goat cheese. Um, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, and again, you are you know working your butt off, and you've been doing this for you know twelve years now. Can you believe it's been that long? And you know, um, you don't have a million dollar grant laying around either. Let's you know just talk a little bit about that. So in terms of uh, the ability, and you know, we 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 started um, at a Detroit Experience Factory and now a City Institute. We, you know, the themes that we talk about the most in Detroit are innovation and inspiration. You know, and and Detroiters who just say, hey, why don't I do this? I want to make an impact, I, you know, without, did you, could you have imagined 12 years ago, you know, that did you have a, a strategic plan that said, you're in 12 years, you're going to own five, five <laughs> pigs, two goats, 10 chickens. No. Right. That's not how it happens. Uh, exactly. So, uh, no, so how, I didn't even have a business plan. <laughs> right. Right. No, I know. Yeah, neither did was, we. Neither did we. Yeah. So how um, so how do you you know what how how do you fund the organization and uh, and you know when you're doing these other you know what how do you decide when to expand or add things? Oh, uh, well, it, that you need to hear that from my mother because I just come outside and I'm like, oh, I want this, you know, <laughs> I want. We need to do this so to make it easier so we can do that, you know. Um, and then like lately I've been thinking like if I get older and I'm still doing this, I don't want to have to, you know, get down on my knees to clean out a chicken coop or bend over. So I've been making things a little taller <laughs> so I can get in. See, but, innovation. Um, That's innovation yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, but I think about my neighbors too, you know, like if they come over to work in a garden or they come to pick something, then it won't be hard. And, you know, like we've made the beds wider so people can walk through it a little easier. Um, you know, different stuff like that. But um, I like, we only sell, every once in a while we'll sell vegetables, uh, fruits and vegetables, but it, that's not like our staple. We just, you know, if somebody wants something and we got it, you know, we let them pick or we pick and then give it to them. But uh, we sell eggs from the chickens. We also sell honey because I am a beekeeper now. Um, this is my seventh year keeping bees. And, um, but um, that's our like income that way that's you know we do make a nice little amount of money a year on uh, honey sales but um where do you, you sell know, them at where do you sell the eggs and honey where can people get that right from here from okay. georgia street community collective um they can call or send me an email and tell me you know how much they want where i'm getting ready to harvest honey and hopefully in the next couple of weeks um because we we had to start over again so last year so mm -hmm. this year we are harvesting honey yeah. do they is there like do you the same thing with the neighbors like if they need something they either reach out or do you, is there a certain day traditionally that you're you know do you ever do like a little farmer you know mini farmers market or anything or no we don't um most of the time people just say they want something and we'll have it ready for them um we do have a new farm stand now which has free things on it we try to replenish it every couple of days uh, where people can just walk up and, and grab it instead of having to go in the community garden and pick. Because the, the farm part is not a come pick, pick, you know, um, anytime you want. 
Um, it's actually fenced in. Um, it's more of an educational garden, but people do come and we can teach them how to pick and they can, you know, take the, you know, take stuff with them. But, um, but the community garden is always open. Um, you know, that's the, that's the spot where when it, when it's done growing, it's done, you know, but, um, but a lot of the stuff on the farm part, we grow for our events too. So like we have a, a turkey basket giveaway, we put collard greens and green beans in it. Um, and then we have collard greens and green beans that we grow for our Christmas dinner where we feed about 150 people every year. So, so, you, so you, from your farm, you can get en enough green beans and collard greens to feed 150 people? Oh yeah, yeah. We got a, a nice little- So how many acres about then? So, I mean, I guess a couple questions. Is that the farm part, you know, is that what's acreage there? But then you mentioned you have 15 different lots. So like, what what's kind of the total ballpark of, of acreage? It's, it's just under an acre. Um, and that's, yeah. And that's just the, the vacant lots. So we have like, and now all the lots we don't grow on, they're like, you know, we have community, community spaces. So where the community garden used to be or is, um, we used to, at one point, we had 42 raised beds over there before we started the farm over here. But um, in that space, we have uh, picnic tables, picnic shelters, barbecue grills, mm. um, and, you know, people can come. It's like an open space where, you know, people can come. And we've had birthday parties. And, and anybody anybody can use it? Or is yep. It long, usually, um, they let us know they're using it just in case we have an event or something that we're using space. But we only use that space. Uh, twice a year so so um, where where is that at the let, let's see is it can we see it what uh what down is it down vinton or georgia it's on georgia it's on it's actually where the community garden sign is oh and if you look to the right of that space there's an open space like here keep going right there so so Are that you, tree is no longer there okay <laughs> and then so there's there's four lots right from that corner back. Yeah. So see the movie screen over in the back? Oh, wow. Yeah. So coming forward, all that space right now is like a picnic area. Okay. Also, and I like to do this little historic thing. Uh, so this oh. is, you know, the before and after, right? You right. Know, and um, of, of a lot of the, I mean, this is a year after you started, but, um, and, you know, I just think it's cool that with the Street View, you can really see some of the the changes that have happened um, yeah. that you have done, that you and your mom and a small set of volunteers. I mean, that's just absolutely, you know, so this was 2009, a little time travel for you here, Mark. You remember yeah. the little, when you had just the, that was the beginning, right? One yeah. little garden. And yeah. uh, you had just empty, unused space over here, this tire, couple tire that you made into plants. And then now, uh, well, and uh, we'll wait to see them drive by again, but that's so cool. The movie screen. So, and I'm mentioning this now because obviously with COVID uh, and everything going on, you know, if somebody was, was on a bike ride and wanted to like sit there and have a little, you know, sandwich and, a, and some water they brought with them, they could totally do that, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's wide open. Uh, they can sit there. We actually, actually, I, when I walked out this morning, somebody was asleep over on the bench. <laughs> so, 
Hey, yeah. <laughs> it's community. I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes that's what people need, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, so how has COVID, um, you know, changed what, I mean, I know you do talk a little bit, I, just really quick about the big events that you normally have each year and then probably how obviously those, how aren't happening or how COVID's affected the farm in general. Yeah. Well, the, um, so like our, our first event that we had to technically cancel was our Easter egg hunt. Um, and, um, that's, we used to have like a hundred kids, uh, coming for that. Um, but we had to cancel. So we just made up a bunch of Easter baskets and the kids that we knew that we could go deliver, we delivered Easter baskets to them. Um, and, uh, so our next event would be our school supply giveaway, which we still haven't figured out how we're going to do that. Um, but talking with the principal at the local school, elementary, middle school, um, knowing that we still are, they're still going to have to have supplies, whether they're face to face or at home, uh, virtual. So, um, hopefully we'll be starting that, um, getting that stuff together, but it won't be as big as it's been. You know, we used to that, like last year we had, a, um, our arcade trailer and, or the, you know, video game trailer and we had, um, bounce house and you know, train and, you know, stuff like that. So this year we won't be able to do that. Um, and it, it feels kind of weird, you know, this would be our, this would have been our 13th one. So it's like, you know, Oh, it's kind of it seems weird not not being able to do it so. well maybe well and maybe you could do some sort of social distance you know like with the movie screen you could still do movies maybe what people i've seen people in places doing like where you actually take some chalk and draw like circles on the ground or little squares so yeah. it kind of and it, you know helps I mean, it's not like everyone's going to stay in their square every minute, but right. it just helps like spread out, you know, a, a little bit or, you know, maybe, um, oh, you know what? Uh, also, I don't know if you've talked with, um, reach out by like Justin Jacobs and come play Detroit, uh, with the city parks and rec department, they have like, uh, are doing like a trailer of, of games that they'll bring to, to, to parks and neighborhoods. Uh, mm -hmm. but it'll have things like hula hoop, which you can be, obviously you have to be away from people to use yeah. a hula hoop or you run into them or a big chess set. Um, I don't know, so maybe there's some ways, or maybe you just take an opportunity to, you know, get catch up on other stuff, which I think you mentioned before that you're getting to be able to do a little bit this summer. Yeah. Well, I mean, we still plan on getting supplies for them. We just yeah. might not have the, it might be like a drive-through pickup or, you know, or we just have it for the school to be able to give it to the school so they can distribute it to the, yeah. to the kid, you know, or something like that. But um, the other ones would be like, you know, our, our biggest time for events is like August through February, you know, so it's like, um, you know, what we're going to do as far as like our, our Christmas dinner, you know, it's like, it's always been like a, uh, a sit down dinner. So we're, you know, sitting down, coming up with some plans, like to just cook a bunch of, you know, cook a bunch of food like we usually do, make to go plates and then pass it out to people, you know, so uh, we're, we're doing something, you know, something's going to be done. Um, but our, our other event is like our, our coat giveaway. And we do like 200 to 300 coats every year with scarves and gloves, you know, hats. And it's like, how are we going to set up to pass that out? You know, so um, uh, one thing about the summertime, like we didn't have, it, it was already set. We already knew what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. And now we have to sit down and figure out, you know, a different way of doing it. So, yeah. 
but that's kind of what you've been doing almost the whole time, right? Is figuring stuff out. Like, let's, hey, yeah. I want to do this. How do I get a goat? How do I get, how do I, how do yeah. I get that land? Uh, yeah. And so for each event, uh, how, you know, you, you just get asked for donations and rate, you know, individual donations mostly from, uh, for each event. Yep. Yep. That's, I mean, it's certain people that every year they donate to a certain event. You know, we got some people that just donate to the school supply giveaway and some people donate, just donate coats and hats and scarves and stuff, you know, and that's, that's how we've been doing it. That's awesome. It's awesome. But I also wish that you could get a big pile of money from somewhere. So you wouldn't have to, you know, you could do, I mean, that's, what's always amazing. And when people come from other places and we share, you know, some of the stories uh, of uh, like yours of just uh, amazing people who with not a, a lot of resource, non-millionaires who go out and just make things happen and have that positive impact. Uh, for people from other places are just blown away because they're used to having all these resources and they're amazed at what people can do uh, without that million dollars, right? But million dollars doesn't hurt. But, um, but I think that that's something important to like, that we, to recognize that we're, that we do here, and it's amazing that you have done and you, with your mom uh, and volunteers, right? Or uh, that throughout the years have taken this little idea that you had and turned a garden into a community organization that helps hundreds, thousands. I mean, in a normal year, thousands of children. Oh. Did you say? I don't know. I'm not good with stats, so yeah. <laughs> it's you know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's gotta know be it's thousands of people because <laughs> each event, if you're talking a couple hundred people each event, maybe it's the same people, but yeah. it's, but it's but it certainly had an impact. is a, a really big impact, yeah. and I think that's pretty amazing. So, how can people help? Uh, what what's your call to action? So, they've all, if people who have just learned about um, your organization or just learned, you know, to the depth of what your organization does. Uh, how, what do you want them to do next? Um, I mean, they can donate time and money. Uh, we, we have still been having a consistent uh, three volunteers this year, <laughs> but, um, and we, we practice social distancing, but um, uh, a time you like, you can call or email me if you want to come and volunteer. Um, cause we don't have set dates cause I'm out here almost every day, but um, yeah. usually when we set dates, people don't show up. So, um, we just say, Hey, if you want to volunteer, just come on out and let me know. And, yeah. you know, I can, I definitely can find you something to do even in the wintertime. Right. <laughs> Especially. And if you want to, and I'll just put this in there because, you know, as my, I'd been at United Way when I first started my career and I've worked with a lot of nonprofits, uh, volunteers are really amazing, but if a repeat volunteer is, you know, is even more amazing because the learning curve goes down each, each time then, right? So the more that if you could even, if you, I mean, again, if you have one time to volunteer, great. Uh, but if you can do one day a month, you know, a couple times a year, whatever it might be, it's, a, it's so much more helpful if you, if you can, um, if they can know that you kind of already have the hang of things and it saves a little yeah. bit of time and energy. So I'm just, that's my personal pitch on things. That, that um, is true. Cause I can, I can just open the gate and like somebody will tell me like one friend is Jennifer when she comes, like she might ask, what are we doing today? But most of the time she just come in and start, you know, and I, I don't have to say nothing. She just, cause she knows what needs to be done, you know? So that, 
the perfect in the perfect world, those are the type of volunteers we need. But we need volunteers. Period. It's yeah. it's you know. Absolutely. And it's outside. I mean, this is, I mean, it's easy to do social distance and safe, you know, volunteer opportunities. And for people that have not been able to get outside as much or, or after six months almost now of being, you know, um, not being able to do everything that they would normally do, this is a great opportunity to, you know, get outside, do something good, have a positive impact. Uh, and here's your website that I pulled up. It's georgiastreetcc.com. Um, also, you can look uh, and donate. So as I mentioned, they do not get, uh, and even for organizations that do get funding, grant funding, individual donations are always really important, but especially for Georgia Street. So you can just go to their website and there's a little donate button right here. Um, and uh, and you can also see like some of their past events. Uh, but uh, and then you can follow them on Facebook uh, and and just keep in touch. And Mark is really easy to get a hold of uh, via any of these. Uh, so here's, is this here on your contact here? Look at this, look at this people. There's Mark, there's his cell phone number and his email for you. Uh, that just not, doesn't make it easier than that. And with um, these, what was that? The, the turkeys, the turkeys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It looked, it was kind of dark. I was like, does that, is that, anyway, are those the turkeys that you use for, um, is, is those, are those the turkeys you use for the turkey giveaway? No, no, no. <laughs> That's why I thought I, I was have, like, is that a headless I have, turkey? I have butchered some turkeys, you know, for people before, but no, that's not, no, we would, we, that's, I could never keep that many. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. Um, well, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and thank you everybody for, for listening in. Uh, don't forget to join us tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, August 18th for our free virtual tour on green sustainability and land use, innovation and inspiration in Detroit. Uh, Mark is just one example, but is one of, I think, the, the most amazing. And, and unfortunately, I think least heard about. You know, you hear about a lot of other gardens and farms in the city, um, but I think, the work that you're doing and the how much beyond um, the garden and farm part that you, that you've done and uh, the impact you've had on your neighborhood and the whole city is is absolutely inspirational. So thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All Thanks right. everybody, and uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook at uh, uh, Detroit Experience Factory and uh, City Institute as well. And uh, we hope to see you soon on uh, one of our virtual or now in-person experiences. And we can also uh, start accommodating private groups for in-person and virtual experiences too. In-person walking tours, uh, we can do neighborhoods around the city and um, do all sorts of really cool things. We have a best of downtown walking tour on Saturday uh, where you can use headphones and you stay distant from everybody. And all you can find out all of that at DetroitExperienceFactory.org. Have a great week.